Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Now, here's Justin Fielder, Derek Stafford, and Tyler Schaefer. Hello and welcome to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. This is a Herd at Sports podcast. Justin here along with the cousins Derek and Tyler. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Husker CuzCast for all podcast updates and more. Happy New Year, gentlemen. It is 2024. It is January 24th, and this is the first time that I've seen you fuckers <laughs> this year, man. How's it going? It's been going good. How about yourself? Look at me. I mean, could I be any more fantastic than what I already am? You look better with a beard. Look better with a beard? Really? I don't know. Tyler? I don't know. I, I just prefer not to look at you. You Can you turn your camera off? <laughs> Hey, we had some technical difficulties where you guys couldn't see me and you guys were pouting because you wanted to see my beautiful face. So, so here I am. So yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> so yeah, I haven't seen you guys, but I have seen some other cousins over the last few weeks. I ran into cousin Patrick and cousin AJ down in Austin. We had a great time. I just haven't seen you guys. This is, this is nuts, but it's great to be talking to you guys again got Husker football to talk about. We're going to be talking about Nebraska's new quarterback, Coach Glenn Thomas. Talk about uh, the Polynesian Bowl a little bit and Dylan Rayola, some transfers. And then we're actually going to touch on a little bit of Nebraska ball. This is something that we don't do very often, but it's kind of noteworthy at, at this moment. So let's get into it, guys. Uh, about a week ago, uh, we have a new quarterback, Coach Matt Rule hires uh Glenn Thomas from the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they gave him the tag of co-offensive coordinator, which was pretty shocking. But overall, Derek, what did you think about this hire? Uh, I'm going to stay optimistic here and say I I love this hire. He's a good quarterbacks coach. He's coached a lot of really good quarterbacks, to include Matt Ryan uh, in, in his prime when he was playing some of his best ball. Uh, he's coached Charlie Brewer, uh, Jaden Daniels, who just won the Heisman this year. He coached him for a year. Uh, he, he is, he's done a, he's done a really good job of quarterbacks. Now the co-offensive coordinator, I don't know what to think of that yet, but I'm, I'm willing to give that part a chance. I, 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 I we, we'll probably get into it later, but I'm under the, I'm under the impression. I think Satterfield is still pretty much the offensive coordinator, but. I think this was more just uh, what, as they want to call it, justify the money we're spending on Glenn Thomas. And if that's the case, I hate it, but whatever. Tyler, what what do you think about the hire? Yeah, I mean, I you know, I think this was when we were talking, you know, a couple months ago about a potential change in the staff. I think Derek, you were one of the first people I heard mention the thought of, okay, maybe move Satterfield back to tight ends, bring in a more established quarterback coach. Um, 
you know, I, I was generally under the camp that I wanted to see the staff come back again, keep it intact, but I thought that was a logical move. Um, I think this was the right move to make if you're going to make it. I mean, Glenn Thomas obviously has a pretty extensive background managing quarterbacks more than Satterfield. You know, he, he's coached the pros and college. Um, you know, so, so he does have that background. He does have the rule connection too. These guys have worked together for about seven years of their careers or five. It's, it's somewhere in there and they, they, they definitely know each other. So there's not going to be a big learning curve to get used to that, rule. That and seems so, to be, that seems to be like a rule standard, doesn't it? Either you've worked with me for a while or you're a high school coach who's never worked in college. Yeah, I, you're right. I mean, he, he is very loyal. Um, he, he likes the guys that he knows. And, you know, well, again, we'll see how it turns out. I, the, the offensive coordinator thing is interesting because, you know, I, I had a little bit of optimism at first. I'm like, hey, you know, maybe we get a little bit of spice up the offense. And then I started looking at what he's done as offensive coordinator. And most notably, going back to ASU in 2022, where the team went three and nine. And, you know, he was uh, offensive coordinator in 2021 at UNLV, and their team went 2-10. and 10. So not not impressive performances uh, from his team as he's been an offensive coordinator. And I'll say this, back, in, back when he was with Atlanta with the Falcons, and t- Tyler, maybe you can, uh, you're an Atlanta Falcons fan yourself, so maybe you can uh, expand on this a little bit better than I can, but... Uh, he did really good with Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan was top five statistical quarterback every year that he was coaching him. Uh, but the records <laughs> weren't overly great. No, I mean, the the records weren't overly great when he was with the Falcons. Um, you, you know, I, I don't know what to make of, like, how much did he help the development of Matt Ryan, you know, um, you know, Matt Ryan really, really popped when uh, he left and Shanahan came in. And obviously Shanahan's doing really well with the 49ers now. So I, but, you know, he was there for multiple years and Matt Ryan did well. He developed, I mean, he wasn't necessarily the quarterback coach, but the Steelers did struggle quite a bit at quarterback play this year. I, and I don't, bl- I don't blame him. I've seen some comments on Twitter and, and I, I battled some guys on Twitter on that, that, well, have you seen what the Steelers did this year? They have a crappy quarterback. And I'm like, he wasn't the quarterback's coach. Why, why are we blaming him for that? I, yeah, it, it's the, the struggle with that is do you count the experience or not? Because I've seen people take that stance, Derek, where it's like, well, he wasn't the guy. Well, then what do you count that time? Like, do you just count that as a throwaway year? Cause I, mean, I don't like, count it as a throwaway year, but he was like basically an offensive analyst. So, at, yeah, it's just. At, so at it, Steelers. I mean, he wasn't. I don't. I don't know. I don't want to call it a throwaway year. I'm sure he was doing something. I, I just don't know how much it had to do with quarterbacks. I again, I'm excited for the hire. I do see a lot of people pointing to you know he's coached Jaden Daniels and Matt Ryan and these guys, and I'm like, it seems like they all did a little bit better when they didn't play for him. Then I, I will say, it, I will say the exception to that rule is Charlie Brewer. And again, Justin can probably uh, talk about this better than I can. But Charlie Brewer really did. Really good under him. He's great. Yeah, he's great at Baylor. I mean, I, I don't know that he's because he left, and I don't know if he was quite near as good when he left Baylor. But when he was at Baylor, I mean, Charlie Brewer, there was a point where I think we were all we we we, we knew who he was even. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty pretty amazing when you know a Baylor quarterback not named 
RG3. So what I would say about uh, uh, Glenn Thomas being an offensive coordinator, his year in 2016 at Temple, it was a, is a fine year. Uh, ranked 43rd in scoring offense and 66th in total offense with 413 yards. When he went to UNLV in 2020 and 2021, those were rough years. Uh, but, you know, like 2020, COVID year, uh, they went 0-6. 2021, 2-10. And, and the scoring offense was absolutely dog shit. Uh, scoring offense and total offense both years were 108 or uh, less. Uh, it was just very at the bottom. Uh, ASU... It was a better team that uh, he went to, even though that they were bad. Uh, but it, I guess the, the numbers have been comparable to what Nebraska has been doing lately, right? You know, 79th uh, in scoring offense, 26.1 points per game. Uh, total offense, 387 yards per game, ranks, which ranked 67th in the nation. Doesn't look great. I think he's going to find that he has a lot more weapons at Nebraska as he has had at any stop prior. So whether he's the guy calling plays, uh, Derek, you kind of tipped your hand to this. Uh, you don't think he will be. Uh, Tyler, where do you fall in whether he will be the guy calling plays or not? Uh, yeah, I, I would lean with Derek that I still expect Satterfield to call plays. Um I want to say this, and here, here's my thing. This is my main reason as to why I don't think Satterfield loses to play calling duties. Uh, so I, I, I know and I, I have not been a Satterfield fan. I've made that somewhat clear throughout the podcast over the last year. Uh, but the thing is, last year was just an impossible year for any offensive coordinator. With all the injuries, the not having a quarterback, just it was just a, a rough season for the offense. And I'm not blaming that all on the offensive coordinator. You can't blame injuries on the offensive coordinator. So I, I don't think that anything that he did was the reason we were losing. So this is what I'll say about Glenn Thomas coming in as co-offensive coordinator. Last year when... Uh, Marcus Satterfield was the lone offensive coordinator. Look at the other coaches on offense that we had. They were all extremely young coaches. No experience. He probably did not have a lot of help. If Glenn Thomas can come in using all of the experience that he's had in Power 5 NFL, he's got a hell of a resume, right? He, yeah, you, whether you he's assume gonna, he can at least help put a good damn yeah, good game plan together. Well, exactly. I mean, That's where I'm going with this. Whether he's the guy calling the plays or not, just that being an extra voice in the room on the offensive side is going to make this offense even better. Uh, I think it's going to drastically improve the game planning and even that extra guy to, you know, talk to and bounce something well, off through in, in game to see what, you know, what you're going to do to game plan. You can't be bothering Matt Rule all the time or Matt Rule should not have to feel like he needs to be involved in the offense as much as he seemed like he was last year, right? There's a lot of times uh, that you'd see Matt Rule on the sideline on TV, whether he had the uh, uh, the play card in his hand or, you know, his uh, involvement in the offensive huddles. I think with the hire of Glenn Thomas, I think Matt Rule can probably take a step back and he knows that that offense is going to be golden. Uh, 
uh, it's going to be taken care of. So uh, I, I, I love let's, the hire. Let's be realistic here, guys. Here, here's the thing. You give me that defense that played last year, and we got a lot of guys coming back in key positions. I know we lose some guys too. But you give me that defense that played last year and keep that top 20 defense, and I, I don't need a top 20 offense. Give me that Temple year. Give me that forty that 46th-ranked scoring offense. And you're going to win some games with, with that defense. Finish in the top half. Top half. Yeah. Top half. You, you'd be... We'll we'll win a lot of games that way. What we can't do is we can't be in the bottom half, and, like we uh, were last year. I mean, yeah. it was more bottom quarter. I mean, but, it was yeah. pretty. It pretty was slim pick. It was not good. Year. But uh, yeah, I I, I I like the hire. This is uh, close to a home run. I think. I mean, I don't know if uh, out of all the names that were being mentioned as a possible candidate for a quarterback coach. How many of those guys were realistic? This is probably the best that uh, best case scenario, I, I think. I, again, I love the hire. I think he's a good hire. If you want me to nitpick a little bit, I, I went back and looked at the, uh, the, the this coach's recruiting throughout his time in college. Uh, not not a lot of great recruits. He had one four star. Uh, I can't remember his name. Jerry Bohan Bohanneman. Out at Baylor, he was a four-star quarterback. Bohannon, yeah, Bohannon, yeah. And he, but here, and here's the thing: like, he he was a class of 2018, and he transferred out in 2022, and somehow he's still playing this year for BYU. That yeah. COVID year, that co that COVID year is getting people like three or four years. It feels like. So, you know, that's interesting because I never really thought about that. Uh, uh, the recruiting aspect, but he really hasn't been at a college really long enough to lay the groundwork, right? For recruiting. Yeah, yeah. He was at Baylor for three years. I mean, there was okay. enough time there. To... Yeah, that's true. But, that's true. But those schools like, and again, no disrespect to Baylor. And I, 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 will, I will, Temple and UNLV. I, I, whatever. I'll dismiss those. You're not going to get high star recruits. It's, it's just not going to happen. I understand that. But at Baylor at that time, even now, you could probably still get some pretty high recruits. At least a four-star. Yeah, I mean, for him to have only pulled the, – the one year I found him ranked uh, for Arizona State, and I get it was only one year there, he was ranked 708th out of all the recruiters. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. But the staff right now seems to have the recruiting thing figured out. You have Donnie Rayola, who is doing very well in the recruiting – but you still, I, I think a guy like this still has to be able to pull his weight. Hey, I'm a huge and, fan but, of but I think he, You guys knew that, right? I did. I, I, <laughs> I, I, but, but what I will say, though, is I think that you've seen signs of his recruiting at Nebraska. Because I do not believe Dylan Rayola comes. Like, I don't think this is a, oh, this decision happened in the last two weeks. I think this was something that was known in December that this was going to happen. This was a domino. You just needed Pittsburgh season over. And Dylan signed up to play with him. And I I mean, take it for whatever, but I think that's a sign that, like, hey, he can get there with kids. Kids will respect him. They will buy into it. Um, and, and you know, he might need a little help, and maybe he's well, got again, it now again, with the, rule. The guy but, has a great resume. So yeah. I mean, I don't I don't know why a quarterback wouldn't want to play for him. I mean, he yeah, he's got a great resume. 
And so maybe with the brand of Nebraska, with a little bit better coaching staff around him than he maybe had from some of the recruiting, maybe that's enough to get him over the edge here. Speaking of Dylan Rayola, he played in the Polynesian Bowl Friday night, along with uh, tight end Carter Nelson and another offensive or a an offensive lineman, Preston Tamua. Uh, the, the, the Polynesian Bowl in Hawaii, what a awesome atmosphere i did not get to see the game uh i went to i went to walk-ons great bar great bar great restaurant and i wanted to watch the game from there i walked into this place they have 60 tvs in this place and all the tvs were on a single basketball game college basketball game and it wasn't even a good one i bet wisconsin that night i wanted to see wisconsin could you find anybody to change the TVs? Even one TV? No, I don't know why you need all 60 TVs on some low-end team. Like, it, it, I can't remember the teams, but my wife is like, she's like, who are these teams? They're like, yeah, they're, they're, they're nobody. I'm, I wanted to get the game on there, but walk-ons, you suck. Anyway, so, uh, but... I say all that to say this. It sounds like I did not miss much of a game. A lot of turnovers, kind of sloppy. But Dylan Rayola, it sounded like he had his moments. Carter Nelson, he damn sure looked the part. Uh, He made that step from 8-man to 11-man seamlessly against top talent. Uh, Tamua. uh, Am I I saying that right? Preston Tamua, is that right? Tyler, you would know. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, that sounded right to me. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like all uh, all three of these guys are going to be studs. So, uh, Derek, what what are your thoughts? What have you been hearing, or what did you see out of this? Well, I, I, I'm I'm with you. I did not get a chance to watch the game. Uh, I seen some highlights here and there. Uh, I'm not going to read too much into it. It's a, it's a high school all star game. These guys get a week to figure out what these coaches want them to do. It's tough. Whatever. Uh, Dylan Rayola, I mean, he led both teams in passing Carter and Nelson, I believe led all the receivers and, and receiving yards. So I, I think that's got to say something for you, right? Yeah. Playing against the best of the best, right? And you're still and then the, the, and the Tamua, the Tamua, he played on the other team. I know that much. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't hear anything about him. He gave up a sack per se. Did he? Yeah. Yeah. I, look, but he played great. He played great. He held his own from all accounts. But yeah, and it's just an all star game. I, it's about like a Pro Bowl, isn't it? <laughs> Maybe not quite as cheesy as a Pro Bowl, but you don't expect you don't you can't expect too much out of one of these all star games. I don't. I don't think. Yeah, not especially not in Hawaii. I mean, football's secondary when you're in Hawaii, right? I don't care who you are. Uh, you would th- you would think so, Tyler. Your thoughts. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I won't read too much of the game. I would say probably a two things that stand out. One is some of the practices leading up to the game. You know, a lot was made about the way he was throwing the football, throwing it 70 yards in the air. I mean, showing off his arm. You know, another thing was made during the game is how much he wanted to play. Um, a lot of times the, the that number one QB is kind of like, yeah, I'll, I'll play a series or two. I'm here because I'm here. I mean, he, he wanted to be in the game. Uh, as much as possible um, so it shows a little bit of a competitor but guys I gotta reset here because I missed the recruiting recap like 
I haven't got a chance to react to Dylan Rayola, which is the I, I I and I haven't had a chance to talk to you guys face to face about getting Dylan Rayola. Like, what was your reaction about this? Like, when you last time you recorded, where do you stand on this? I was ecstatic then. I'm ecstatic now. I mean, this is a huge deal. The whole drama that was coming on with the Dylan Rayola, you know, from. Uh, his commitment to Ohio State, his decommitment, going to Georgia, all the drama that goes there, and then like, ah, he might be coming to Nebraska. I'm like, uh, I've heard this, I've heard this story before, right? And and it happens. Uh, it was it was great. I wasn't quite sure if it was over until he signs the uh, dotted line, but he's he's a Husker, and and I think I, I think the fans completely embrace him anytime that he's on campus or at any game, whether it's a basketball game, uh, wrestling, whatever. I mean, he is, he's, he's the limelight, you know, he's in the limelight and he embraces it. He signs all the autographs. So he's up for the task. He knows what it means to be the quarterback at Nebraska. You know, his dad knows what it's like to play at Nebraska. The whole thing with Dylan Rayola, just being a Husker, it just, it sits right. You know, it is, it should have been this way all along. You know, I wish it would have happened, you know, back in, let's say, September. And maybe we could have, like, got a lot more high or you know, top-notch recruits. It is what it is. He's he's uh, in Lincoln. He's our guy. And I'm, I'm super excited. Derek? Yeah, I, I mean, you said it, everything I could possibly say. I. I, I guess your only concern is the kid went to like four high schools in four years. He's moved around a lot. And you, I mean, you talked about it. He committed to Ohio state, decommitted. There was a chance where we thought we was going to get him. Then he ended up, ends up committing to Georgia and then he decommits from Georgia and comes, ends up coming here. So I guess there's that little bit of concern there. Is, can you keep him here? <laughs> and but, I think you can between the NIL I, and the way I agree. that he embraces I agree. Between, the fans. I mean, and, and the fact that, I mean, he's probably starting day one. I, I don't know that we have another quarterback, especially now that Chubba's gone and Jeff Sims is gone. Harburg's really the only person that's going to be able to push him. And I, don't, I as much as I like Harburg, I don't think he's probably talented enough to quite push him. And it almost sucks that we don't have somebody that could push him a little bit harder. But, uh, you know, br- bring in... Dylan Royola, can he be can he be as good as Adrian Martinez in year one and as a freshman? Because if we can have the defense that we're having and we get a we can have a guy that's as good as Adrian in year one, we're winning some games, boys. Yeah. Well, you're you're right, and it doesn't need to look like Adrian. I mean, I'm not saying it has to look like Adrian. I'm just saying no, can he I, play it as definitely good won't as look like Adrian. Can, <laughs> can he move His the style ball? Does not is not no, Adrian. No, and, and I understand that's different styles, but can he move this offense? The way that Adrian Martinez was able to move that offense. Yeah, I mean, we've you know Taylor Martinez as a freshman was very dynamic, and we you know we've seen it uh, before. I you know everything you guys said, I I agree with it. It just feels right. It's a big deal. I I will say that you know after the Scott Frost debacle and year one of Matt Rule really not coming out the gate strong. I, I in the back of my head, I I had hit an apathetic stage in my Husker fandom where I'm like. God, just make a bowl. Just just get me to a bowl game. That's all I want. And Dylan Rayola, like, 
like reset that. Like it's could we actually win a national championship again? Like maybe he not obviously this year, but some point in time, could we do it? And 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 the thing is about the timing of Dylan Rayola coming is I think a lot of Husker fans are thinking that like, man, how good can Nebraska can Nebraska get back? But five six years ago, that would almost be the expectation. If Dylan Rayola doesn't win at least a conference title, like he was a bust. And I think now fans are a little bit more. Again, for lack of a better word, apathetic. We're like, he gets us to eight, nine wins. Guy's going to be, uh, songs are going to be sung about him. People will be thrilled about him. But there is the hope. There's actually real hope again that Nebraska could get back in a couple years. Well, and you know, Justin's kind of chuckling at you a little bit, but. Well, yeah, he's talking about have... maybe making a bowl game to like winning national championships. Well, that's, that's what my head was. But, but, but here's the thing, I, and I give that it's a huge jump. But understand that a 10-win season probably likely, especially in the Big Ten, is likely getting you into the playoff now. It's in the contention. And we just saw Washington. We just saw Washington with an elite quarterback in Penix. And a lot of good players around them. But like if you look at their recruiting rankings, they're kind of in the 40s. They had, they had the right coach, obviously now in Alabama. They had the right quarterback. They went on a run to to compete for a national title. Again, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm not saying that's the bar we need to hold them to. But it is exciting to have that. But making the playoffs not out of the realm of possibilities with a 12-team playoff. Not not this year. I'm not saying it's this year. But in four years, within the next four, three years with this guy, say say you get at least a good solid three years out of him. And and again, there is a chance he transfers, right? That's obvious on the board. Sure, sure. and, And there's a chance he just is average. He because because let's let's be fair. Well, I, let's be fair. Nebraska fans are going to be assholes the second he starts struggling. See, I don't think it'll be that bad. I think that the again, that's where I was going with it. I think while the fans ex- think a lot could be achieved, I don't think the bar is where it was five years ago. We just had the worst quarterback play of my lifetime. I mean, the bar. We haven't made a bowl in a half a decade. Like the bar, like. There's not a lot of pro. I mean, a little bit of progress is going to go a long way. Like if his career path is six wins, eight for, wins for year one, for year one. But come 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 year two and have a little bit of struggles, have a sophomore slump, and see how fast teams, how fast these fans turn on you. Because that's what Nebraska, that, that's what college football fans do. They love you it's, until you quit doing what you what they thought you could do. Hey, don't turn the ball over. That's all. It, I, it's an easy job. Just don't turn the you're ball right. over. Right now, right now, that's all there is. Like, that's it. Yeah. I think it's You, you want to win the fans over, don't, don't turn the ball, the ball over. over. Yeah. So he comes in this year and only throws seven interceptions. And then next year throws nine or ten. And then that sophomore slump in there. <laughs> Justin, you know as well as I do, fans are going to turn on him. Yeah. I, I, think he, it, I think he's got a the second The second he shows a sign of a struggle, fans will turn. Especially Twitter fans. I mean, so, I mean, I, I, I think, I mean, obviously it's possible. I, I think that he is going to get a very long leash, and I think, oh, absolutely, I think he deserves it, and not just year one. I think in his career, like, sure, if we we struggle to make a bowl in year two, and he struggles to play, that would probably happen. But again, get us seven, eight wins, year two, nine wins. Oh my gosh, people are going to be happy. Like, he, I just think that we've had recruits at quarterback positions that we've been excited for. I think, Derek, you were a huge Patrick O'Brien guy. I certainly was a big Luke McCaffrey guy. 
Uh, I was a Johnny J- Stanton fan. J- John, I mean, we've had guys, but no quarterback that I have we ever recruited that I was like, oh yeah, he could be a top ten pick. And Dylan Rail a hundred percent has that possibility of being a top ten pick. So and Tyler, so, out of and all, that the- just I, yeah, it just changes it. Out of all the highlights that you saw there with uh, the Polynesian Bowl, because you know he's going against like equivalent talent that he is, right? So, did you see enough out of him to make you firmly believe that he's the day one starter? Well, so I mean, I saw enough. Great question. I I would say that what I saw out of that game did not look. He would not have looked out of place last year in our offense, like. He looked at least as good as anything we had at quarterback last year. And obviously, I did not see him play what I would consider his best football that I think he's capable of. So, I I have little to no doubt that he will be the day one starter. Uh, I, I, and fair or unfair, I mean, it's not just Ty goes to Rayola. Like, Harburg or Kalen will have to be significantly better because where Matt Rule, you talk about the leash for Rayola, like the the leash really comes to Matt Rule because he doesn't play Dylan, and Dylan transfers, like that's you better be going nine ten wins if that scenario happens. Not only, but you, not only, but you you're right. But not only that, but you better hope to God that Dylan Rayola, wherever he transfers, is a bust there too. Oh, I mean, you you remember Scott Frost. Just didn't recruit Joe uh, Joe Burrow, and those jokes never went away. Like, they, and they never will, and they never as, will. Yeah, it, but it, but if, can you imagine if he had Joe Burrow on campus and then Joe Burrow transferred? Like, I mean, it would it just it, there's just little to no upside about not playing Dylan. <laughs> Scott like, Frost will never live down to think he's better than what we got. <laughs> that line right there is he better? Think he's better than what we got? Anyway, so. Derek, will uh, Dylan Rayola will he win the starting job in the spring? Uh, yeah, I, I believe he probably. Well, I, I'm gonna say no. I don't think so in the spring. I, really? In the fall, I, he will. In the okay. fall, he will. I don't think they'll announce it till the fall, though. I, I look. He's a, he's a young kid. He's 18 years old. Barely got into college. For him to come in and just outshine. All the court. Well, of course, there's only Hendrick Harburg. I mean, again, yeah. I, I I don't know. Maybe maybe he does. I just, I I could see Rule trying to let this, unless it's that significant that he looks that much better. Then I I think he'll let it go into the fall. But Tyler. But either way, come fall, yes, I think he's our starter. Does he win it in the spring? I mean, I think there's a good chance for that. I mean, I I don't know. You know, generally speaking, the reason why you wouldn't want to name the starter at this spring is to keep the sense of competition. I I think there could be a role for Harburg in this offense. And, it, and I know people talk about moving tight, but I think at quarterback, like Dylan's not going to run the ball like we've seen in the past. And to be able to put Harburg in to run uh, eight to 10 plays, give a break, a little bit of different scheme, throw that option in, I think could be a place in this offense. So I, I don't know like establishing those lanes well, I, early. I, I don't about think the that. downside. You talk about that, Tyler. I'm sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I don't I don't think at this point you can move Harburg to tight end. He's not saying I mean, that. He's talking about packages for No, I I get it. I get it. 
But there was a there was a conversation that was being had yes. about Harburg moving to tight end. That's that Chuck Purdy was still in the pic- picture, though. Yes. And now it's I, 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 st- I still hear people bringing it up. No, because like, I, I think people want to see no him on the field. There's no way you can move this guy. I think people there's no way see you Har- can move this guy now. I think people want to see Harburg on the floor. I mean, I mean, but again, you, you you play this out a little bit. Like this year, Harburg gets eight to ten plays. Hey, maybe he take finds a couple unique packages at tight end. Then next year, Kalen takes a step forward. Maybe he kind of catches up to where Harburg is. You bring in another quarterback. Now you have. Then now all of a sudden you can maybe put Harburg more in a indefinite H back type role. Like I don't know. I t- the 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 comparisons of Taysom Hill has been out there for Harburg for now at least you know eighteen months. And I you know again eight to ten plays at quarterback, five plays at an H back tight end type play. That that's that's a role I could see him really easily slide into. But you're right. You you ha- he has to be your backup. I mean. I would be shocked if, if you know, and Dylan Rayla could get injured. Like, you need a backup quarterback. Well, I mean, yeah, again, we, we talked about this uh, before the before the season started last year. Like, it's been since Tanner Lee. I think Tanner since we've had year. since we've gone a full season without losing a quarterback. And before that, I think it was even. I mean, it was quite a while before that even. But but we've had so many mobile quarterbacks. Like when you have a little You're bit right. more You're right. And but the offensive line should be coming along. They hopefully will protect a little bit better. I, I don't know. I'm I'm ho- obviously no one wants injuries, but yeah. So All right. Next topic. Let's talk about some transfers. Tyler, anybody that you have your eye on here? Well, I'll tell you, as excited as I am about Dylan Rayola, and that will not be overshined by the transfers. I'm pretty happy with what these coaches did down the stretch in that transfer portal because we talked about there not being a lot of spots. And, you know, my, my, my numbers have us bringing in six transfers. And I think, by and large, very six really good players. And I don't want to necessarily talk about all of the guys, but I, I'm going to start with the guy who I think is the biggest get, and that is Jamal Banks. Uh, Jamal Banks comes from Wake Forest. He has 1,400 career receiving yards, 13 touchdowns. He's coming off a back-to-back 600-yard receiving seasons. Um, you know, Nebraska has, since the transfer portal, has had a like tendency of getting guys that weren't a complete package. You had, you know, you had a Billy Kemp who was coming off of an injury. You had Trey Palmer who was a high recruit but hadn't done anything. You had guys from small schools like IGC and Samori Tori. But Banks comes from a Power 5 program. He has produced. He's coming off of a healthy tenure. He comes into a position right now where he looks like he could be in contention for that number one wide receiver. If nothing else, at least a day one starter. A day one starter I can maybe agree with. The number one wide receiver, like he's never been that. To, to me, he's just another. He, I, maybe he's better than Billy Kemp, but he's a Billy Kemp to me. Outside of the fact that he's not coming in off of an injury, but that's a big deal because Billy Kemp was. I mean, that his career was kind of derailed a little bit by an injury. It was, but he also was not near as good as what I anticipated him being this year. I, if you want, if you want my honest opinion, the the biggest get that we got out of the transfer portal. Uh, I believe he's actually a walk-on, but 
It was that uh, kid out of Florida, the offensive lineman. Micah uh, Mazuka. I that that fills up that offensive line. It gives me hope that this offensive line is going to look good. Because I'm assuming Ethan Piper's not coming back. And so we got a spot. We got a guy that can fill his spot now. And he may be better than, than Piper. We got, and then, I, then you can move Corcoran possibly into guard. Maybe that's a little bit, little better fit for him. Perhaps because, you know, give him a healthy year. He had a health, finally had a healthy year this year, kind of. Fin- finish the year healthy at finish least. Finish the year healthy out of that, yeah. You know, so, you know, maybe he can come in the spring and get some spring practices in. Because uh, I, I still like Prohaska's potential. I, no, I, I mean, Derek, I'm not disagreeing. He, I mean, he was a great I, get. I mean, he was, like, again, another really good get. One of the six guys I'm talking it, about, but really solid. It's, it's possible this offensive line could actually be pretty damn good this year. Yeah. And there's They're, a lot of depth. There's a lot of depth on that they line. Are, too. They are, as Scott Frost used to say, and a lot of other coaches probably, but, uh, you know, they're finally getting old. And hopefully you can keep them to stay old. But, you yeah. know, we've had we've had so many freshmen and sophomores on that offensive line for what feels like forever. And now you're finally getting some juniors and seniors on that line. It feels nice. Yeah. And, and it's not just juniors and seniors, but you're talking about juniors and seniors with three and four years of experience now. No, I, I get, I mean, I, I, I'm all for the, the, he, he's a great get. And I, I'll name one more. I have, I have a, I have a couple more guys I could talk about, but I'll name one more. And then Justin, if you want to throw in a guy, but I'm going to go Dante Dole, uh, Dodwell, um, from, uh, Oregon. I mean, this is a guy who came out as a top 200 recruit out of high school. You know, his junior year, he was the best football player in the state of Mississippi, his senior year, he ran for 2,100 yards. Yeah, last year he didn't play as a true freshman, but he was behind two pretty damn good running backs at Oregon. This wasn't a situation where he wasn't getting on the field because oh, he just wasn't ready. It was a lot of competition. And even with that, the coaches felt comfortable putting him in six games last year. So he comes in. I don't know if he'll be the number one back, but he definitely, in my opinion, is going to compete and push Emmett Johnson in that role. And again, you talk about what these coaches did. I mean, there wasn't a lot of transfers they could take. And I've hit on two guys that I think are day one major contributors on offense, which is where we needed the help. So, But I I agree with that, too. I I won't disagree with that. Uh, The the thing with uh, running backs... Was I think we had really good running backs before he got here. I like Emmett Johnson. I think he could be a stud, but he was young, needed some time to grow. Uh, but you had Ramir Johnson and uh, Gabe Irvin. Gabe Irvin. Irvin, yeah, there you go. And I, I like both those guys, but they're both becoming what appears to be injury prone. And so I don't know if we can keep both those guys healthy. I. I don't know if we can keep one of them healthy, yet alone both. But you don't so, need to now, right? Like now you. Have but yeah, yeah. Now you go. now you don't necessarily have to because you have that this other guy. I I told you guys, I, I believe before the recruiting episode that this was a position of need that we needed to get somebody in the portal because 
I, I didn't trust the fact that we could keep those two guys healthy. And you, you get behind them, and all of a sudden it's just Emmett Johnson and Quentin Ives. And nothing against Quentin Ives, but we don't know what we're getting out of him yet. So, so yeah, this guy, this guy helps fill this room. He gives you a lot of depth, and it makes that it makes that running back room back to a strength that we thought it could be before. You got another one, Tyler? Sure, I'll keep it going. Stephon Thompson, transfer from Syracuse. Now, here's a guy. He's coming in as a linebacker. Probably not the position. I think, Derek, you're a little bit more on that we needed a linebacker than Justin and I. Uh, but, I mean, he comes in with legit NFL potential. I mean, this is a guy who comes in. Um, he, he, he is immediately going to be able to help with the run defense. Uh, you know, the scouting report, what everyone said at him in Syracuse, he's a guy that just finds himself in the right spot, the right time. Kind of sounds a little bit like Luke Reimer, who's a guy he's going to be looking to fill. Uh, you know, he, he showed the ability of chasing guys down at Syracuse. His numbers weren't overly impressive. Um, and a little bit of that has to do with he struggled at times with some elite offensive linemen. But overall, like, he, he could get pressure on the quarterback. He had 11 pressures last year. Could get a little bit behind and, and definitely in the right spot at the right time. Um yeah, I, I mean, I think he comes in, possibly starts too. I mean, he's a guy that's, I think, going to compete this fall. Remind me again where he came from. Syracuse. That's what I thought. Which So which, he probably already Tony knows uh, Tony White's defense, right? Yes. Like, that's yeah. a big deal. And I obviously, Tony White knows him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, that's, that's a big deal too. And I, I did think we needed a linebacker. Losing... Uh, what was probably two of your best linebackers over the last three or four years and Luke Reimer and Nick Henrich was probably a bigger deal than what's being made of. I mean, everyone's kind of looking at it like, oh, we can move on, but you're losing two starters that started for multiple years for you. So, yeah, I, that's, a, that's, a, that's a great get, too. I, again, we brought in six transfers, I think, you know, unlike last year, where a lot of the guys kind of fell by the wayside, I think you're looking at four to five guys looking for significant playing time, and maybe all six do. And I get the other two guys nope. I didn't mention were Bly Hill and Isaiah Noor. Uh, and I, I mean, Nayer. I, I don't, I don't know that I love the Nayer. He is, he has high upside. And very low downside. I mean, there, there's a big gap there. What he he's, could be. He's he's in that injury prone situation though. But again, he could hit. I mean, again, I and I he think could. with with, could. with Banks coming in, if we'd have just brought him in, I'd be like, I don't love that move. But now you have a guy that again, he could become a starter. He also, you may never see the field. I mean, he definitely flies the spectrum there. Um, but yeah, I mean, he high upside it, there. And, and you 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 talked about Bly Hill there first. A split second there. I threw him in. He, he, he's the least of my my guys. Like I, I don't know. I've seen. I've seen. Uh, I was. I was reading the RSS chat and on three last week or the week before, and they were talking about whether Bly Hill was going to be a starter day one. I'm like starter. I I, I would almost, but with 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 the defensive backs that we have, I would be shocked if Bly Hill ever sees the field. Yeah, I mean he he's got the biggest upside uh, or the biggest hill in front of him. So, all right, let's uh, 
spend this last segment a few minutes talking about Nebraska ball because it is noteworthy right now because they are on fire. 20 games in, they have a 15-5 and five record, 5-4 five and four, uh, in conference, which is fifth in the Big Ten. And this is crazy. This is crazy. The Big Ten West, right? Suck in football. But the top five in basketball all come from the Big Ten West. That is amazing. And Nebraska's among those top five. So, Derek, how fun is this team to watch? Come on. The best, they've tied the best record 20 games in since 1991. It's pretty amazing. Like, you know, this is a, here, here's the thing. Like, we are a year removed. Now, I will say a year removed. Two years removed from everybody wanting to get rid of Fred Hoiberg. Like, this didn't work. Time, time to move on. And it, it's looking awesome this year. Like, these guys are playing some of the best basketball I've seen with the, with the exception of road games, they really struggle on those one and four in road games. Uh, they're only one. Their only win was against Kansas state, but, but that's a quad one win. So it was good for them. We're three and three in quad one games, two and two in quad two games and undefeated and three and four quad quads, three and four. Uh, and it, this is what drives me nuts about this a little bit is I was looking at, there's a site called uh bball.net. If you guys want to check it out, it's pretty, it's pretty cool, but it'll tell you every team's, it breaks it down by quads. And if you, so you click on a team and it'll tell you what their quad wins are one, two, three, or four. And we have a better resume than probably 10, 15 teams ahead of us in the NAT. And I know NAT is not end all be all with the, with the tournament, but like it seems like we should be ranked quite a bit higher, even yet. Name recognitions get killing us. Michigan State's like top thirty at least, if not top twenty five, and our our resumes and record is way better than what Michigan State's is. Yeah, Michigan State they only have one road win, also. <laughs> yeah, it, it it's been it's been a Big Ten problem all year. Uh, Ohio State, who we just beat last night, uh, is is in the same boat too. Like they're they're struggling on the road. There is there's only one team in the Big Ten with a winning record on the road, and that's Purdue at three and two. You know, one of those two losses though. Yeah, was at Nebraska. Yeah. I mean, what what a five game stretch Nebraska has been on. I mean, you go back to that Purdue game, and you know. We, we win, we rush the floor, beat the number one team in the country. Then all of a sudden, we go on the road to Iowa and really let it down in the second half. And then go the road to Rutgers and can't hold on in overtime. And then Northwestern comes to town. And I don't know where your headspace was into that game, but I was in attendance. Were you? And I, I did not yep, know this. I, I went down the pinnacle. Did and... you not tell us? Because we, you, we thought you were afraid that we'd give you shit for like jinxing us. Yeah, I mean, I didn't want to throw that out there. I didn't want to be blamed for the loss if that happened because it was a nervous game and it was a great game. And you know, down the stretch, Chaminaga made that clutch three, and it was a it was a good game. And then you're like, okay, well, that's good. And Ohio State came, and in spite of the store, like that was on paper of like I don't know, and we dominated. And you know, it this team is just they're just 
They're not a one-person team. They, they, there's a lot of depth there. And we did this without Gary. Gary's and Gary's coming back, and you, I mean, you you have six games. Uh, I'm sorry, you have eleven games left. Six are on the road. I mean, I think you got to get to at least six and five to get in the tournament. Like you got to you got to have a winning record down the stretch. So you got to win on the road. To, you have to win a couple road games, at least one one or two road games. Got, we also have Wisconsin coming into Lincoln. That's going to be a tough game. Yeah, I mean, they 1st. destroyed us when we went to Wisconsin. Uh, that's going to be a big game. If you can, if you could beat Wisconsin, you could probably not win the road games and be okay. You got to get a one. You got. You got. But, I think you got to have a but, winning record on. But if you don't okay. beat Wisconsin, you have to come up with a couple road wins. Don't shit the bed now, Hoyberg. Don't shit the bed now. But it, yeah, he, it's, it's been an exciting year. Like, I mean, it truly. I this is the most basketball I've probably ever watched in January. Hey, are, are it, you guys liking uh, basketball and Peacock? I don't have Peacock. I don't have Peacock. <laughs> so you're hating it. <laughs> uh, it's, it's the worst thing ever. Not liking it. Yeah. So I've watched some of the I've watched some of the BTN in sixty minutes, but yeah. Some of their graphics are kind of cool, but I. Yeah, Peacock is probably one of the worst subscriptions out there. I I hate it. I can't actually. I canceled it, and uh, when the game was on the other day, I was like, I went to see if I still had it. I, unfortunately, I did. So, but my subscription's about to run out next week. But yeah, I I think Peacock's a waste of money. I'm I'm not gonna do it. So I, I did. I, I actually didn't mind it. There was a few things on there. We watched uh, Ted Stray Dogs. I think it was called. Very funny movie, very dirty movie, but it was uh, not kid friendly. Not watching funny. Ted. It's about the same as Ted. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it's, a great, it's any, a great year. Anyway, yeah, I, 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 I dropped Peacock. I think after the football game. I yeah, that's the only reason I had it is for football. I mean, it's it's worth. So you paid for it for a few months. Yeah, it's because I'm lazy, man. I just was like, am I, I was like, am I still paying for this thing? Like, what the hell? I haven't even tuned in in a month. Like, what am I still paying for this for? Well, it, unfortunately, the streaming's not going away. I mean, this no. is just a part of life. And if only there it's, was it's, a bundle that had all of these things together that you could just like s- subscribe to one thing and see everything in one pr- subscription, it'd be awesome. You know the the. Obviously, you're joking about that with cable, but the thing that's as as annoying as paying all the different fees and all that is it sucks to flip back and forth. Yeah, like, there's no channel that, surfing when you're streaming everything. Like, no, try to try to flip between games. Yeah, oh, gotta log off this app, gotta load up, and then it, it, and lo and behold, every single time, I don't know how they do it, but they do. Every single time, one goes to a commercial. By the time you load the other one up, it's already at a commercial. And so you really don't gain anything. Because <laughs> yeah. all you're doing is watching commercials half the time. Yep. I hate it. I hate this oh. future that we're going into. But oh, but no, but hey, you know what's nice about the future? Is Nebraska has a five-star quarterback and Nebraska ball doesn't suck. That's it. We'll and Jim, and Jim Harbaugh's gone. Yeah, Harbaugh's gone. Yeah, what did you guys think about that? It's not a shock. I'd like I would I would have liked to have seen him stay at Michigan. Not that I was rooting for Michigan overly, but I I want the best in the Big Ten. Yeah, well, because when we start winning and we start beating some of these teams, 
I want them to be able to say we're beating the best teams, not the second best or the third best. I want to beat the best teams. I don't care about that. But what I, I find fascinating about this is, I mean, we're, we already saw a big shakeup in college football with, you know, Nick Saban retiring. Like, this is going to be a domino effect. And, you know, puck, puck your butts if you're a high recruit, you know, recruited coach because you thought you got safe by, you know, Saban. Everyone's back on the board. I mean, Dan Lanning, I mean, everyone thinks he stayed in Oregon. He made that big speech. Maybe Michigan calls and that changes. I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of things that could happen. Yeah. And assistants could get pulled. I mean, we, we survived Tony White this far. Maybe like, Urban oh, Meyer shows up. That would be awesome. I'd ball for that. I would. I just want to see the Twitter I just, meltdown. Yeah, I, I'm here for the drama. I want to see all oh, the yeah. drama. Michigan, Ohio State. Oh, drama. I would love to watch. I would love to watch Ohio State fans start shitting on Urban Meyer and Michigan fans defending him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it would be. It would be. It would be classic. Yeah. Grab a six pack of beer and just sit, sit and scroll through Twitter. So, so one last thing, just on topic of this, because you, you mentioned a couple of times about Nick Saban retiring. We they got to get a handle on this portal, like. Oh, Derek, that's a that's an episode in all of itself. No, yeah. I get, I get. I just, I just want to bring one example up of where I, I, I. Here's the thing: I don't have an answer for it. Uh, that saying, saying. Uh, he's the quarterback. Quarterback that committed five star quarterback committed to Alabama was an early enrollee. Went to enrolled in in at Alabama and already transferred because Nick Saban retired and he's now at Ohio State. Like that kid didn't even have one practice at Alabama and he's already transferred. Like this portal is just out of control. Make him employees. Something. So I, God, God has got to be the done. contracts. Something's got to be done. This, shit, this shit's getting out of hand. It's nobody's in control. It's crazy. That's why until until they have somebody that's regulating all this stuff. What NCAA is not in control? No, hey, they don't. They don't want anything to do with it. <laughs> but think how quick you'll be able to rebound a team in NCAA EA Sports when it comes out. You'll be able to flip a team like nothing. You just have to recruit for two to three years to build that roster. Yeah, transfer portal, baby. Yeah, get Super Mario to collect all those gold coins to uh, build up that NIL. Am I mixing games? I, I don't know. It, it's crazy. This whole thing is just crazy. Anyway, we can get out of here on that note if you want. All right, let's get out of here. Hey, special thanks to our producer, Connor Russell, for putting this audio together for us. Be sure to follow the Husker Cuscast on Twitter, at Husker Cuscast. Like us on Facebook. Look for our episodes anywhere you get your podcasts. Hit that subscribe button, and don't forget to rate and review. On behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to thank everybody for listening. And as always, go Big Red.